TOB number 10, general audience of November 21st, 1979. Let us recall that Christ, when he was asked about the unity and indissolubility of marriage, appealed to what was at the beginning. He quoted the words written in the first chapters of Genesis. This is the reason why we are attempting in the present reflections to penetrate into the meaning that truly belongs to these words in these chapters. The meaning of the original unity of man, whom God has created male and female, is grasped particularly in the light of Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, by knowing man in the whole endowment of his being, that is, in the whole wealth of that mystery of creation standing at the basis of theological anthropology. This knowledge, that is, the search for the human identity of one who, at the beginning, is alone, must always pass through duality, through communion. Let us recall the passage of Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. Then the man said, This time she is flesh from my flesh, and bones from my bones. She will be called woman, because from man has she been taken. In the light of this text, we understand that the knowledge of man passes through masculinity and femininity, which are, as it were, two incarnations of the same metaphysical solitude before God and the world two reciprocally completing ways of being a body and at the same time of being human, as two complementary dimensions of self-knowledge and self-determination, and at the same time, two complementary ways of being conscious of the meaning of the body. Thus, as Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 already shows, femininity in some way finds itself through before masculinity, while masculinity confirms itself through femininity. Precisely the function of sex, that is, being male or female, which in some way is constitutive for the person, not only an attribute of the person, shows how deeply man, with all his spiritual solitude, with the uniqueness and unrepeatability proper to the person, is constituted by the body as he or she. The presence of the feminine element next to the masculine and together with it signifies an enrichment for man in the whole perspective of his history, including the history of salvation. All this teaching on unity has already been originally expressed in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. The unity of becoming one flesh. The unity about which Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 speaks, and the two will be one flesh, is without doubt the unity that is expressed and realized in the conjugal act. The biblical formation, so extremely concise and simple, indicates sex, that is, masculinity and femininity, as that characteristic of man, male and female, that allows them, when they become one flesh, to place their whole humanity at the same time under the blessing of fruitfulness. Yet the whole context of the lapidary formulation does not allow us to stop on the surface of human sexuality. It does not allow us to treat the body and sex outside the full dimension of man and the communion of persons, but imposes on us from the beginning the obligation to see the fullness and depth proper to this unity, the unity that man and woman must constitute in the light of the revelation of the body. Before all else, therefore, the future-oriented expression, the man will unite with his wife, so intimately that the two will be, be one flesh, 
always leads us to turn to what the biblical text expresses before this with respect to union and humanity, which connects the woman and man in the very mystery of creation. The words of Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, just analyzed, explain this concept in a particular way. When they unite with each other in the conjugal act, so closely as to become one flesh, man and woman discover every time, and in a special way, the mystery of creation, thus returning to the union in humanity, flesh from my flesh and bone from my bones, that allows them to recognize each other reciprocally and to call each other by name as they did the first time. This means reliving in some way man's original virginal value, which emerges from the mystery of his solitude before God and in the midst of the world. The fact that they become one flesh is a powerful bond established by the Creator through which they discover their own humanity, both in its original unity and in the duality of a mysterious reciprocal attraction. Sex, however, is something more than the mysterious power of human bodiliness, which acts, as it were, by virtue of instinct. On the level of man, and in the reciprocal relationship of persons, sex expresses an ever-new surpassing of the limits of man's solitude, which lies within the makeup of his body and determines its original meaning. This surpassing always implies that in, the, in a certain way, one takes upon oneself the solitude of the body of the second eye as one's own. For this reason, the assumption is linked with choice. The formulation of Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 itself indicates not only that human beings created as man and woman have been created for unity, but also that precisely this unity through which they become one flesh has from the beginning the character of a union that derives from a choice. We read, in fact, a man will leave his father and his mother and unite with his wife. While the man, by virtue of generation, belongs by nature to his father and mother, he unites, by contrast, with his wife, or she with her husband, by choice. The text of Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, defines this character of the conjugal bond in reference to the first man and the first woman, but at the same time it does so also in the perspective of man's earthly future as a whole. In his own time, therefore, Christ was to appeal to this text as equally relevant in his age. Since they are formed in the image of God, also inasmuch as they form an authentic communion of persons, the first man and the first woman must constitute the beginning and model of that communion for all men and women who in any period unite with each other so intimately that they are one flesh. The body which through its own masculinity and femininity helps the two, a help similar to himself from the beginning, to find themselves in a communion of persons, see Gaudium et Spes 24.3, becomes in a particular way the constitutive element of their union when they become husband and wife. This takes place, however, through a reciprocal choice. The choice is what establishes the conjugal covenant between the persons who become one flesh only based on this choice. This role of choice corresponds to the structure of man's solitude and concretely to a twofold solitude. As an expression of self-determination, the choice rests on the foundation of that structure, that is, on the foundation of its self-consciousness. It is only based on the structure proper to man that he is a body and that through the body 
he is also male and female. When both unite so intimately with each other that they become one flesh, their conjugal union presupposes a mature consciousness of the body. Better yet, this union carries within itself a particular awareness of the meaning of that body and the reciprocal self-gift of the persons. In this sense, too, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, is a future-oriented text. It shows, in fact, that in every conjugal union of man and woman, there is a new discovery of the same original consciousness of the unitive meaning of the body in its masculinity and femininity. The biblical text thereby indicates at the same time that each union of this kind renews in some way the mystery of creation in all its original depth and vital power. Taken from the man as flesh from, my, from his flesh, the woman consequently becomes as wife and through her motherhood, mother of the living, Genesis chapter 3 verse 20, because her motherhood has its proper origin also in him. Procreation is rooted in creation, and every time it reproduces in some way its mystery. To this subject, we will devote a special reflection, knowledge and procreation, see T.O.B. 20 through 22. In it, we will refer to further elements of the biblical text. The analysis of the meaning of original unity carried out so far shows in what way, from the beginning, that unity of man and woman, inherent in the mystery of creation, is also given as a task in the perspective of all future time.